Knicks family, welcome back to the Garden Knicks podcast. I'm your host, Apollo Reed. I'm here with Slizzy of the State of New York Knicks podcast. What's going on, bro? What's up? What's up? What's up, bro? What's up, bro? Same old, same old. Can't call it. Um, we just here real quick. Um, stop by y'all real quick. As you see, my man is in here with the with the work gear. You know what I'm saying? He, he ain't playing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ain't gonna take no time <laughs> off. Yeah, um, five days a week, bro. Five days. Five days. Week. You gotta get that bread in. Um, so real quick, we're gonna start off with RJ Barrett. You know, what I'm saying he's been having a lot of uh, ups and downs, and um, for the last three day, three games, he's been averaging 20.3 points, 8.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, and he's shooting 36% from the three point line. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of people, pundits or whatever, talking bad about RJ because he's not a great shooter. Um, but I've been consistent with the fact that that's his only negative, really. You know what I'm saying? So, um, there's you just got to be patient with them, but whatever. That's what I got to say about it. What you, um, what, what, what Yo, you, bro, RJ? I tell everybody, bro, when it comes to RJ, just keep shooting. That's it. That's <laughs> just, it. You, because his muscle memory is going to help. Those same shots that he's shooting now, he's mm-hmm. going to make when he's 22. Yep. We, we, we knew, like, New York has got this bad, like, like we're not patient with anything. Nothing. Right? So every after every game, I watch Nick fans, certain Nick fans, put RJ in trades for uh, Zach Levine, Bradley Bill, and I tell people all the time, just be patient. Yeah. Did you know RJ Barrett was six in the NBA in defensive plus minus? I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. That's crazy. I, I didn't even know that. Wow. So that means that he's currently the best defender on this Knicks team. Yeah. Well, on ball. Yeah, you got to be. Listen, on ball, off ball, off ball, yeah. mm-hmm. Even when he's shooting bad, it's like we still see him giving his all. Yep. So I, I, I'm good with RJ Barrett. I don't care. I don't care if he go old for twenty. I just yeah. want him to keep shooting. Yeah, that's a fact. You know what I'm saying? I um, like me and my brother, we talk about it all the time. We always go back and forth because you know he's like he's such a terrible shooter, and I'm like, if you really look at it. With everything else that he does on the floor, the moment we start to get our shooters back, you get Burks back, you got quickly in there more, um, Knox in there with some shooting around him, him and Julius, I think they'd be all right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that's something yeah. we have to worry about. Um, it's hard to uh, hit shots consistently when it, when the team is taking away where you get your shots at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if they're only giving you the three-pointer, you know what I'm saying? And that's your weakness. Of course, that's that's something that they game plan for. Same thing with Ben Simmons. They game plan for him to shoot the three. Does he ever shoot him? No. So that's the difference to me is him taking it. That means that he's not scared of it. To me, you look at Ben Simmons and he shot how many threes for his career? RJ has already surpassed that in yeah. the season alone, the amount of three-point shots that Ben took his entire career. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I literally, real quick, I literally seen Ben Simmons drive full speed, stop. And he was supposed to, you know, usually you pull up for a mid-range jumper. The yeah. man stopped, nobody's around him. He's looking for somebody to Looking for somebody to pass to. He's said, that scared of his own jump shot, bro. <laughs> that scared of his own. I don't, and I say that all the time, I don't want RJ to become that dude. Yeah, he's missing shots, but he's taking them. I don't care. Like you said, keep shooting it. Because if you yeah. stop shooting it, the moment you stop shooting it, your brain is turning that off. Like, all right, that don't work. Don't do that no more. That's what's happening with Ben Simmons. That's why he's in year mm-hmm. what, four or five and he still can't shoot threes. You know uh, what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, come on, that's that's not something that we wanna want, want to be happening with RJ Barrett. So I think um 
RJ is going to be fine. Ups and downs come with it. His biggest weakness is his shooting, and that's not even terrible at this point. As I said, 36% from behind the three-point line for the past three games. He's going to be fine. I ain't, I'm not worried about RJ. Yo, one thing I always tell people about RJ, like, I'm going to give you an example. The Atlanta Hawks, who's mm-hmm. their best player? Trey Young. Trae Young. Mm-hmm. What's, what's his biggest flaw? Defense, Defense. rebounding, and tangibles, the little stuff, right? If your best player can't defend, you ain't going anywhere. You're not going nowhere. Nope. You ain't going nowhere. So I'm good if our foundational pieces is RJ. Well, some people think it's Julius Randle, but I don't think that. Nah. And, and Mitchell Robinson. So if you if those if those is our foundational pieces, I feel like we already a step ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then we number one defensively in damn near every stat. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I don't know how long they'll be able to hold those numbers up, but the fact that they'll be able to, that they're six, seven, and eight within 15 games, and you're that high in the defensive rating, um, and it doesn't seem as though this is a fluke. This is something they've been doing since game one. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm not, like I said, I'm not worried about these guys. Um, there, there's a lot that, you know, speaking of the Julius Randle thing that we said, yeah, he could be a foundational piece on any team. But I think that uh, right now, for what he's doing, I think people are considering him a foundational piece because of what he's doing and the numbers mm-hmm. that he's putting up. And if he continues to put those numbers up, then he should be in that conversation. But that has yet to be seen yet. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh, uh, well, we'll get to Matter of fact, we jump right into Julius Randle from there. You know what I'm saying? Because I know we, we had planned to talk about Julius. And um, the main question we have for Julius right now is, is he untradeable? Yo, <laughs> it's and it, and there's so many narratives where you could where, where you could skew from this because I, I want people to know like my dislike for Randall has nothing to do with Randall like right. it, it's it has team. nothing to yeah. do with Randall. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Like I understand that he's playing very well, but we have to come to reality. Like we got to talk reality. So reality is that Leon Rose drafted Obi Toppin with the eighth pick. So regardless of what Julius Randle's doing right now, we all expected for him to play better under Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. That's right or wrong. Yeah. So yeah. if we all expected this from him under Tom Thibodeau, what is the change now? Are mm. we getting are, are we getting so caught up that we're beating teams like the Bucks by twenty? We just smacked the Celtics by thirty the other night. Are yeah, we getting at home up? at their home? At their home. So mm-hmm. are we getting caught up with recency bias? My own, are, are we getting caught up because we're not used to winning for the past 20 years? My only thing is I'm scared about the future as far as what I've witnessed for the past decade. So I don't, I, I just don't know what's going to happen. Right. I, I, I don't. Right. I mean, so. it's it's uh it's a hard, it's a it's a hard topic because there's yeah. plenty of reasons why. Anybody could say Julius Randle shouldn't go anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And um, I understand that. And I don't think, like you said, the problem with Julius isn't Julius. It's the structure of the team. You know what I'm saying? Um, the way the team is structured, we have um, guys that, like, like, say if it was built around RJ and, and Julius. Cool. That's fine. That's what it was last year. There was no need to trade Julius last year besides for the fact that we was annoyed with his spin moves. But yes. now... When you draft Obi Toppin, someone who's clearly a, a, a top 
ten talent in this in this uh, in this draft. They're a lottery mm-hmm. pick, and they need minutes. You know what I'm saying? And the only way you can make that pick worth it is if you give him the minutes he deserves. You can't play him with Mitchell Robinson. That's not going to nope. happen. You no. know what I'm saying? So at some point, I think the writing's on the wall either day. Unfortunately, there's only two options. One is they trade Julius, and the other one is that they trade Obi. And I don't think they're trading Obi. So, yo, that might be a. <laughs> but but you know why they're not going to trade Obi? I, I feel like that would be a good conversation if. Remember when we drafted Frank Nilakina? What yeah. happened the next day? We well, was talking about um, uh, DSJ. You talking about the DSJ? No, 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 no. When we drafted Frank, uh-huh. Phil Jackson got fired the next oh, day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. so mm-hmm. he has no, he has no manage management backing him behind the scenes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Obi does. Obi Toppin, Obi Toppin was drafted by Leon Rose. Yep. And Leon Rose signed son. It's Obi Toppin's it's Obi Toppin's agent. That's so mm-hmm. I, I I don't know this mirage that people keeps pushing aside about, you know, well, Obi Toppin, he's gonna take his time. I would agree with you mm-hmm. if Obi was 19. Yeah, but he's not. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> he's not. He's 22 years old. <laughs> he's 22 years old, bro. Those the, that the minutes that he needs to play is gonna come. You know what I'm saying? Some way, shape, or form is going to happen. He would have already been up to 20 plus, 25 minutes a game if he didn't get hurt this season. You know what I'm saying? And that's just that's just my opinion on that. But um, like I said, I still want to see what they're going to do with Obi. I do want to see them um use them on variations of high post, uh, pick and roll like that pick and roll he ran with quickly. That was the simplest play. You can have you can he can have 10 mm-hmm. points a game strictly off of that pick and roll right there. You know what I'm saying? Running from the high post and do something like that or anything. But um. I'm looking forward to seeing the improvement. The kid is a sponge. Um, he never stops learning. He he's he's a he's he's a a high IQ big man, you know. And he's not even he's not even a true big man, you know. what I'm saying he plays as a big man, but we already know he was a guard his entire his entire life. Really, he was he's only become a big man within the past two years. So um, I think I think there's a lot of potential for Obi, and I think. Um, He's 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 got a long way to go, but they gonna they gonna give him the minutes that he needs to get there. Listen, I, I, I want to be objective real quick because mm-hmm. I we both we both kind of agree mm-hmm. that Randall can be gone, but let's be objective. It's people who saying that you don't trade your best player. Absolutely. So is there a future where Obi and Randall can coexist? I say yes, but. It only works if you have three wings who can defend. Cough, cough, Frank Nelakina, cough, mm. cough, Audrey Barrett. Mm. But um, it only works if you got wings who can defend and right. guys who are willing to buy it. Mm-hmm. Do you think long-term they could play together? Sean Marion, Amari Stoudemire. Yeah. Do you think long-term they could they could probably work together and, and, and include Kevin Knox too? Because he's also um, a guy, guy we think about. If I if I'm being honest, I don't know how exactly they can coexist as long as we have dreams of Mitchell being our starting five and Knox being our starting three. Um, and I say that because the only way I can see long term Julius and Obi playing next to each other is if Obi's running at the three spot. You know what I'm saying? And exactly, exactly. It's Oof. nasty. That would be nasty. Oh, 
You know what I mean? No, no. So I'm good. I'm good on that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to see Obi chasing around LeBron, Paul George, Joe Harris, Joe Harris. <laughs> no, that's not why I want him. That's not why I want him. You know what I'm saying? We already know that defense isn't a weakness, but that's something somewhere he needs to improve. So I don't want to make it any any more difficult than it needs to be for the for the for the kid. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um like I said, the only way he starts alongside Julius long term is if he's at the five. And we have Mitch here, and that's not gonna happen. So unfortunately, it's like I said, the only two options is if Julius is gone or Obi is gone somehow. Yeah. I I y'all be telling people and, and I be telling people like it's it's nothing against Rand, yo. It's mm-hmm. nothing against Rand. Mm-hmm. But it's that's a real topic that needs to be discussed. Cause mm-hmm. a month from now. Mm-hmm. That's when it's really going to be discussed, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and I, I, people could drink the Kool Aid all they want now. Like yeah. I, I, I'm drinking it a little bit too because yeah, Randall, we gotta get them, we gotta get them wins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Randall's killing. I'm yeah. eating, destroying people. But at the end of the day, the more people talk about Randall, the more I think about Obi Toppin. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's that's just unfortunately that's the cause we dealt. We're gonna see what they do. Um, I would have a little bit more confidence in it if I saw that they was running this Emmanuel quickly and uh, Alfred Payton situation a little bit easier and smoother. Um, and we could jump into that real quick before before we jump out of here. The quickly, the kid, the kid is he's ready to go. Um, I think he has a lot of room to grow, but the only way he grows is if he makes those mistakes. I don't want I don't want them to shelter him and not start him because oh he has room to grow. I mean every other guard that was a superstar guard needed that time on the court to make those mistakes. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not worried about the simple mistakes he made. He, he does go on slump sometimes where not only is he shooting bad, but he does make poor decisions every now and then. And I think that's just with him adjusting to be an NBA point guard because he wasn't really a point guard last year in college. So mm-hmm. it's going to take him a little bit to adjust, which is probably why he hasn't started yet because he has a skill. I just think if he learns how to come down the court every single time and do something consistently, which he has been showing most of the time, drawing fouls and throwing the floater up there, getting passes in, throwing alley-oops. He's literally doing everything that you want your point guard to do on offense. Um, but uh, what, what what you see out there with Quickly and, and how far he's developing? Yo, first of all, um, I hate giving this dude props, but shout-outs to Scott Perry. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs to Scott Perry, yo. Scott Perry, although he's done a lot of things to annoy me, like yeah. start Moutier a whole season or, you know, oh, bring back, man. bring bring Portis and kill Knox confidence, like stuff like that. The man traded Mook Morris for quickly. Then he, fl- like, then he brings back Alfred. I hated the move. Yeah, but you understood it now. Yeah. You can understand why. Yeah. And I got to salute him. He drafted Knox. He drafted Mitchell Robinson. I got to salute Scott Perry. First of all, second of all, shout out to Walt Perry, too. Mm-hmm. Walt Perry identified this dude. Yeah. And, and, and that was Scout, a great pickup. That scout move was crazy. Then finally, James Dolan. You got to appreciate the man who hires minorities. He brings on Kenny Payne, who knows Emmanuel quickly. Was trickled down and say, yo, I want my guy. Go get my mm-hmm. guy. And mm-hmm. we get him with the 25th pick. That's Quickly right. has been 
so he, he's been like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of, of Tony Parker with, with, with a little bit of a summer league rookie year, Damian Lillard. Like, I, yeah, I'm amazed at what he does. He talks, he talks to his teammates. He talks to the refs, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's always chirping on the floor. He comes to compete. You know, I'm happy with what I've seen so far. And I, I, I want to see more. I want to see more. I want to see more. Even though I hate Alfred, mm-hmm. I can understand why Alfred is starting. We, right. we can all yeah. understand why. Mm-hmm. We understand. And I'm going to be honest, we, ha- we have yet to see the, the potential of Emmanuel quickly. We, we're excited because we're seeing something different. But I honestly still don't think we've even seen half of it, to be honest with you. Um, I think he has a lot of tricks in his bag. Um, the One of the first things I noticed after we drafted him is that he was already working out with, with Chris Brickley, like already. That was something he was doing in the summertime. So that's somebody that I know is taking it serious. They want to improve their game because that was something that I was also saying that I wanted to see from Kevin Knox is um, someone with his ability to attack the rim and shoot. He just needs that in-between game because he has this, he has that. Once he gets that in-between and learning how to head fake drive, turn it into a step back or something where just a a dribble pull up at the mid-range, Knox would be completely deadly. And that just takes a little bit of comfortable to to be comfortable with the ball. You know what I'm saying? And I think um, the fact that you see that Brickley has already been working with quickly and and he's starting to have those change of speed variations and all of the the extra moves and all of that. And that's somebody who... No, didn't even play point guard last year. You know kid, what I mean? Kid, kid is deadly. Kid, here's a caveat. Mm-hmm. He played point guard throughout high school. He yep. was a pass first point guard. Mm-hmm. So Coach Cal brings him to Kentucky. Now he's running the off ball guard and he's running the three guard set. Mm-hmm. Now he comes to the Knicks where he's put back into the point guard, point guard position. But he knows how to play off the ball. Off the ball. Beautiful. Like he learned in college. Yeah. And, and like mm-hmm. I said, one of the first things I said about him when we drafted him was that he, his off-ball movement is similar to Curry. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he knows how to move without the ball. And I think as, as, as a, a, a shooter, that's the most important piece to your game. If you can't move without the ball, then you're just, you, you're just taking up space, honestly, because it's a whole section of the court that mm-hmm. they know that you're going to stay at. They know you're not going to move, so they don't have to play defense. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's so important to have somebody out there like that um, who moves the moves with the ball. And it's funny, I was watching his highlights in college, and it was just like, it's not like he goes to the open spot. He goes to where he can. He knows that the, poor, the person with the ball can see him out the corner of the eye. You know what I mean? Like, it's like he mm-hmm. moves with you. Like, he's going to make it easier for you to make that pass. And that's the kind of that's the kind of guard we need. We don't need, and, and that's it's it's. I, I don't hate Alfred Payton. I'm gonna say no, I hate. Him. I hate. I don't. Him. I don't I hate him. Alfred Payton. I, I, I know. I know. I get it. I, I mean, we talked about this last year, mad time, bro. <laughs> I know you can't stand that man at all. At all, you don't want to even look at him no more. You know what I'm saying? But I'm gonna be honest. I understand why he's there. He's he's someone there. He's serviceable. He's not great. Don't get me wrong. But he does his job. He's somebody who, if if uh, let's just say we didn't have quickly, and somehow we went and picked up uh, Chris Paul in the offseason, I wouldn't buy, mind Alfred being my backup point guard. I truly wouldn't mind that at all. You I know, what I wouldn't mind that neither. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind it, and that's what I mean. Like 
I don't hate Alfred. He's just not my starting point guard. You know what I mean? And, and, and as long as I see him in that position and he's not fit to be, it's going to bother me. But at, at the end of the day, at least now, unlike last year, we have someone we can put in that position and be confident that they will be way better than the person that we already had there. Now, Frank, I want to ask guy, you a question. Huh? I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a Has Kevin Knox, now, now, this ties into quickly too. Mm-hmm. Ever, we drafted quickly. Now we see that Kevin Knox is, can I say he's the best shooter on the team now? Or it, it, um, it, it, I think it's hard for you to refute that he's the best shooter on the team. He's he's definitely proven it, proven it so far. So has, how can I put this question? What's your overall take on Knox? I, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm intrigued by your answer. Because I remember we spoke and we both said, yo, Knox has been disappointed. Mm-hmm. I, I, we, don't, we, didn't, we didn't know what to expect from this Hell kid. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> and last season, he was trash. So he wasn't trash. He, 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 he had low confidence. He had low confidence. That's all it was to me. He was so terrible last year. He was year. terrible, Yo, though. Because of the bro, confidence, he was trash. I feel you. Bro, I had people on Twitter coming at my basketball knowledge when it came to Knox. Like, I was defending this man, bro. <laughs> and I was on the island by myself. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I want to know what you think. Do you think he has a future, a, a, a future with us? Like, do, do you think, like, he's going to be here long term as one of the shooters for the core? Or what, what you think about Knox? What I see from Knox, I'm going to be honest with you, mm-hmm. and a lot of Knicks fans might like this, and some of them won't because, you know, they have they, they feelings to it. But um, I've always saw the potential of Knox to, to be someone um, like Allen Houston. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's funny that they were, they were the same number, too. But the, the, the kind of game that Allen brought now, he wasn't, he wasn't hot every night. Don't get me wrong. Allen Houston was not hot every night, but he was somebody that you ain't want to leave open at all, ever. Not once. You wouldn't even give him an inch of space if you, if you, if you could. Um, but I think in terms of potential, I see that kind of potential in him. I do think that he should be starting at this point. Um, I don't like what I've been seeing out of Bullock. And I'm fine saying that. I, You know what I mean? Like, Bullock is the worst, bro. If he didn't play defense, he would just he wouldn't be on the roster. I really feel like the only reason why he's on the roster is because he plays defense. Do I think he's a great defender? No, I just think he's serviceable. He plays defense well. He gets in the passing lanes. He's long. He's tall. He can shoot. That's the only thing that makes him, to me, uh, 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 useful, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, but I do think Knox should be slid into that position. Um, I think at some point, if we have a lineup of uh, RJ at the two, Knox at the three, and you're starting quickly, I don't mind the fact that RJ, that RJ Mitch, and because I'm going to be honest with you, RJ, Mitch, and Julius on the floor a lot scares me because that means there's only at max two more shooters on the floor. <laughs> and that's scary. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not yeah. something that you want to have you know, if you're trying to run to the championship, you don't want that kind of system. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, that's just, you need at least two to three shooters out there. 
at all times, especially if two of your main guys, your best players, get all of the baskets from inside the paint. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to add, because now if you look at that, if Julius and RJ are getting all the baskets at the inside on offense, every every play, what is Mitch doing? He's got to be in there with them. But see, notice how you just said that, right? Mm-hmm. This all comes back to Obi Toppin, brother. Yes. Because exactly. how is exactly. Obi supposed to get back? I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It, luckily, we ain't the coach of the Knicks. <laughs> luckily, luckily we not, because that's a tough, that's a tough decision. And I'm not gonna lie, bro. If you if we're being honest, in in two years, and say if next year. Uh, or, or, or the year after, you're telling me that the starting lineup for the Knicks is Emmanuel Quickly, RJ Barrett, um, Kevin Knox, Obi Toppin, and Mitchell Robinson. Sign me up for it because that lineup literally does everything that you need done on the floor. There's always going to be ball movement. You know what I'm saying? They're going to play, they're going to defend as a team, they're going to get open shots. Obi's going to stand there at that three point line. If you, if you don't leave him open, Cause he's gonna take it. He's gonna get to the point where he starts knocking those down, and then that school is just gonna really change everything. Because everybody's mad now that he's taking a lot of those shots. I just think it's rhythm. Once he starts hitting three, four of those per game, mm-hmm. all right. Now we gotta go out there and guard him. He's gonna blow by you and dunk it. You know what I mean? So I think uh, having somebody like that on the floor, you got quickly on the floor who knows how to. Uh, uh, he can get you ten assists a game if you really had to. He can get you. 10 points a game off the floater alone if he really had to. You know what I'm saying? RJ getting whatever he needs to go. I think that's a, a well-oiled machine you got. Um, and the thing is, is that they play well in transition. There's one thing that I got to give them props for this year is how well they play in transition. It was a two-game stretch where they didn't get any. And I mean zero. I think that, that's that's on that's on that's on Alfred, man. That's Alfred walks the ball up, but I, no, I no, 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 because that's all that's all for rebounds. That's all for rebounds. And yeah. a lot of these guys, if you say it's Julius, they wasn't. I think it was a, a game and a half stretch or a two game stretch where they just could not. They literally had zero fast break points, and I can't blame that on one person. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I, I, I'm gonna put it. Matter of fact, I'm gonna put it on Thibodeau. I can't even blame Alfred mm-hmm. because Thibodeau got to drill it in these dudes to move the ball. If he continues to allow Alfred to walk the ball up, even Randall pushing the ball. Yeah, now nah, Randall's he, been telling Alfred, let's go. Move let's it. go. You let's know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're still walking the ball up. So right. it, it, all I'm saying is I, this is a secretly good foundation that has. Yeah. So these is good conversations that we having. So we could go any route. We could go to. We could try to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We could try to get the lottery. But it, it, at the end of the day, we know we got a direction now. Finally, like it, right. it, it, it finally feels like okay. Now we trending up. Now mm-hmm. we trending to somewhere positive. Right. Unlike I mean, Phil Jackson. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I'm so it's so crazy. We're at the point now where I forgot Phil Jackson worked for us. You know what I mean? Like I'm good at that. I will forget about a whole time of of, of someone's career. Like I, I I don't even remember Phil Jackson being here. That whole time with him, Pablo Prigioni, the Sasha, the Sasha Voyage. No, is it Voyage? Oh, Sasha. Is that was it Sasha? Sasha. Sasha it was Sasha. It was no, not Sasha. Voyage. Sasha put. <laughs> Whatever the hell the nigga's name was, <laughs> bro. That what like what were we doing at that point? 
You know what I mean? I, I don't know, but give him credit. He didn't trade none of our future picks. And two things he did for us. That one, and what's the other one? You might say it right now. Oh, and publicly saying that Porzingis is like Sean Bradley. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to lie. He might have been right when it comes to the injury portion of, of, of that. You know what I'm saying? Because Sean Bradley was always hurt. And then <laughs> my man said, he really came out there and said, he reminds me of Sean Bradley and tried to make it seem like a positive thing. Like, that was crazy. But um, the the other thing I was going to say is that he made, he was the first person that came in here and said, James Dolan, I want full autonomy, which means you don't have nothing to say about basketball operations. Um, Everything basketball, you stay out of it. We talk to you about right. money and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I give Phil Jackson respect for because that's something that James Dolan needed to realize he had to, he had to do. That was something he did way too much in the past with Donnie Walsh, um, Isaiah. Yeah. It's, it was just, it was just too much. It was too he much. He messed it up with Donnie Walsh. All he messed it up bad. Was wait. All you had to do was wait. You had to wait five, six months, bro. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Five, six months, you get mellow free agency. After you get mellow free agency, you played out for half a season. Then you say, you know what? Let's trade Wilson, Gallinari, all our first round pick, and let's go get a third guy. Yeah, yeah. And and that was impatience. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to fully blame James. There was some pressure from the mellow side, and that was being – he said it himself, and it was because of the lockout that came that season. And he was scared that he wasn't going to get the money that he was supposed to be getting before. So he wanted to get his contract signed and done before they did the little players association. I mean, the players union uh, restructuring of the contract. That's the only reason why he forced it, though. He he was willing to wait to the offseason. But then when that uh, when the lockout thing happened, he was like, yo, like I might want to hurry up and get in there before. You know, I I don't know what's going to look like after he didn't want to get stuck on the nuggets. That's that was the main thing for Melo. He was scared about getting stuck on the Nuggets, which I understand. But at the end of the day, at, it, yeah, I, it I respect it, man. He got his money, man. He got his money. He's got his money. <laughs> it's funny because everybody always says, get your money. But Melo's the only person where they bypass that get your money statement because he, he shouldn't have took the money route. He should have went to go get the championship and all of this other stuff. And I get it. I get it. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and blame him for not teaming up to be on a big three. You know what I'm saying? Because that's essentially what you were saying. You know what I mean? He was supposed to be the boss in that situation in Miami. He was. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm I'm not mad at him because I was mad at them for making that move. And that's why I was a big Melo fan because he was more loyal. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I respected. Yeah, if you could say he's getting the money, but he's not chasing the ring. And, and, and you know what I mean? Letting all these other bad things happen to his career just so he can do that. Cause I'm telling you right now, Melo wouldn't have had the career he had if he'd have jumped over there. Yeah, he'd have had a ring, but in terms of the personal accolades, I don't think he would have reached a lot of those accolades playing on that. No, nah, that's a fact. That's a fact. He would have had to sacrifice. That, a yeah. huge sacrifice. Yeah. Huge sacrifice. Yeah. But um, uh, the only other thing I do want to uh touch on right now, pause. Mm-hmm. That was wow. Um, sorry. <laughs> is uh. We got some 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 news about some interest in Lonzo Ball. What you what you feel about that right there, bro? After I just seen on the screen 
that the Nets lost to the Cavaliers tonight. Um, and I'm delighted behind that because mm-hmm. stars don't win championships. Chemistry do. Mm-hmm. Um, Lonzo, why would we trade for Lonzo assets when he's shooting 37% from field goal range, shooting 28% from three? I know he's shooting horribly from the free throw line. And we're going to have to pay him knowing that I'm trading my young boy. And this is all bias right now. This is about to be biased, what I'm about to say. Uh-huh. And I'm going to be honest. Why am I trading Frank Nilakina, who has chemistry already with Mitchell Robinson, who I haven't seen in a couple weeks for Lonzo and his baggage? And knowing that Lonzo's going to ask for a bigger contract than anybody else because that's his first big contract. The better question should be, are you willing to pay Lonzo Ball $15, $16 million on his first contract? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I'm good, but I understand why people would want Lonzo because the point guard play has been so terrible. A lot of people hate Alfred. A lot of people don't even think IQ is a point guard. The DSJ experiment had failed yeah. horribly. Yeah. So I'm I'm good on I'm good on Lonzo Ball. If if we shoot him a contract, I hope it's between like 12 million. But I'm not willing to give up assets, man. I, I'm good. Yeah. I, oh. I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna be honest. My thing with Lonzo is he has a lot of the same issues uh that Frank Nilakina, not Frank Nilakina necessarily, but more, more um Alfred Payton. You know what I'm saying? Um, it doesn't I think the Lonzo ball trade made more sense before the emergence of quickly. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably why it was a you know a topic at the at that point. It was something that people would want to see because we didn't see quickly yet. All we saw was Alfred Payton, and then we saw that we brought him back, and it was like, yeah. all right, well. DS, it's either him or DSJ or Frank. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't IQ really wasn't even in the conversation. We were still naming him as a two guard. You right. know what I'm saying? So when it comes to Lonzo Ball, I I, I like Lonzo. Um, if the team was constructed a little bit differently, if we had more shooters, I'd be a lot more open to it. But given the fact that we don't, we we basically already have, we're already doing what Lonzo's give, you know, would, would give you. We already have that. You know what I'm saying? I don't think there's anything. Yeah, yeah his passing might be a little bit better than the, the full court passes. Mm-hmm. But I don't, really, I don't really think you're going to be getting a lot much uh, more out of Lonzo than what you already I, have. I, honestly, bro, like, do you want, like, what do Nick fans want? Like, I, I'm sick of the, I'm sick of the, oh, let's get the big Nick. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of that. Let's let IQ rock. Like, I That's like it. what I'm seeing from Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, let him rock. I, I, I like what I'm seeing from Emmanuel quickly. Like, I don't need to see, I, I don't need to see another young kid on this team get an opportunity taken away. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, Frank Nilakina, prime example, and now Obi Toppin. Right. We both, we drafted them both eighth. Yep. I don't want to see Obi Toppin get wasted aside because Julius Randle's on his fake MVP tour right. and then. Now we now, now we paying Julius Randle thirty million. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, we're not paying him thirty million. Not but me. now we paying him thirty million on his next contract. Now we stuck. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I'm good, man. I want, I want to see what we got here. I want to see what these kids do here. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I want to see what they do with it. For sure, and I and I, I agree. When it comes to Julius Randle and that and that contract, what is he making right now? Is it eighteen? Best contract in the NBA. Gotta be. Gotta be. Was he getting a year? Is it 18 mil? 19. He gets 19. 19 mil a year. And, and next Griffin year. gets 34 million. Oh my God. Like, he's like, raping a year. He's raping the Tobias, Pistons. Tobias Harris is getting 34 million. Drummond getting 30 million. Pascal Siakam is getting 28 million. <laughs> so that's another thing, reason why people are like, nah, we can't trade Randy. No, and I understand well, it. I mean, I get, I get it. But what it does is you have to think about the fact that is Randall gonna keep up this play right now? No. The reason why it works, I'm gonna be honest with you. Can he give you MVP numbers, damn near triple double numbers every single game? No, I don't think so. Can he give you a double double and 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 a good amount of assists? Yes. Consistently, for sure. I can, I can see Randall giving me 20 points, 10 rebounds, five assists by the end of the year. I can see that. Do I see him as an MVP caliber? I don't. I don't see that. You know what I mean? And that's because of the IQ. Talent, completely there. Um, I do want to give Thibodeau and the coaching staff more credit for what we're seeing out of Randall because he wasn't doing this last year. You know what I mean? No. He wasn't doing any of this last year. It's a completely different person. So if you're looking at how much he's getting paid, the reason why it was hard to trade him so so uh uh over the over the offseason is because of his value in his in his uh the, his contract. Yeah, you know what I'm he saying? A, so he was a terrible shooter, turnover yeah. machine, turnover machine, you selfish. Lose, yeah, selfish, and you you were the main most of the main reasons why we would be losing sometimes because of just bad decisions you made. Now you're a better you're a better player this year, but now you're playing more up to your value of your contract. That's why he's tradable. Not because, oh, he's playing good now, get rid of him. Nah, it's because if we don't trade him now, by the by, by next year, when it's time to to either extend him or, or give him a team extension or not, either it's gonna be let him go for nothing or let somebody else get him. And it's not, you gotta get him where the value is high. Same thing with, with Marcus Morris last year. Everybody, there wasn't, there wasn't everybody, uh, there wasn't a lot of people on board with training, uh, trading Mook because of what? He was our best player. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But he's our best player on a bad team. Let's see what he does on a good team. And we see what he's doing on a good team. So did we he win that, that trade? But hands down, <laughs> hands down, we won that trade. And that's, that's, this is exactly why you make the move for Julius at this point. You know what I'm saying? Because it might net you somewhere between 15 and 20 in terms of a draft pick. It might net you uh, uh, somewhere between 20 and 30 and, a, 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 you know, a regular star or, or someone just about reaching that star level. It could, he could get you somewhere in there. But if you just keep him on the squad and you don't trade him, what's going to end up happening is when his contract is up, he's going to leave because that's what's going to happen. Worst comes to worst, he plays his contract out and then it's now his OB's turn. So that's why I'm not really worried about the OB situation. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, worst comes to worst, you trade him now for his value. And right. now you have something else. And now you're, you're doing, you, you're killing two burns with one stone. You're giving minutes to Obi. You're getting rid of something that's clogging that. And you brought something in on top of that. So I'm not mad at that. I think that uh, they sh- that's something they should look forward to. You know what I mean? Um, un- un- unless we're on a real playoff run, that's the only way I don't look at trading Julius Randle. 
You know what I'm saying? And and I don't see that one a playoff run just yet. It's it's a possibility. Possibility still there. But with seven and eight, it's a long season. I don't know if Julius could play as well as as he's been playing. Um, I do think RJ Barrett could take take it up another notch, but we'll see what happens with that. But that's all I got right now. I don't want to keep you that long. You got any other any, any other points you want want hit? Nah, man. I think I, I think we got on most of the stuff, man. It's just that that I, I'm glad we hit on the, the Randall Obi topic because that's that's going to be a real For real sure. discussion. Not now, but in like. I give it like three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a real discussion. For sure. Yeah. But, but I ain't really got nothing, nothing else, man. The Knicks is playing well. Mm-hmm. We'll be seven and eight. I think seven last year he was like two and thirteen or something like that. It was just mm-hmm. horrible. We started the we started four and eighteen. That was so, bad, bro. That was so bad. Yo, it was so bad that my yo, it was so bad that when I got the work, my man's was like, yo, bro. I, you look like you need a hug, bro. Like, <laughs> it was oh so my bad. God. That's funny. I know things is turning around because now people like, yo, your Knicks is looking good. And I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. get the hell out of here. Now you want to be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nah, yeah. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, man, I'm good, man. That's good. That's good. We um we got tomorrow against the tomorrow at 10. Damn, this is a West Coast trip. I forgot about these. These West Coast trips and these times, man. Oh, my God. So, tomorrow we play the Warriors at 10 p.m. Friday we play the Warriors again at 10 p.m., another back-to-back. And then Sunday we play the Blazers at 9 p.m. So, what you got us going in those three games? You got us, what, 0-3, 1-2, 3-0, 2-1. What's up? Let's say 2-1 mm-hmm. because Golden State is coming off a of back-to-back. So, we'll be playing them. Thursday, we'll be playing them tomorrow. Coming off a of back to back, so I know we. I, I, they playing I know tonight? We, yeah, they playing tonight against the Spurs, I believe. So I think we can win that game. Mm-hmm. And um, hmm. what's the other two games again? The Kings and the Blazers. Kings ain't Kings really been killing the- it. They had one good game, I think. But here's the sneaky thing: the Knicks. If we favored in that Kings game, I will. I would take the Kings to win. Yeah. Because it seemed like we always play down in our competition. Yeah. yeah, like whenever we favor, we get smacked. When mm-hmm. we lost to the Celtics the other night against mm-hmm. no starting point guard, I was disgusted. Oh, you mean the Cavs? The Cavs, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That was wild. Was free dot, man. Dot killed. <laughs> and he did it when it mattered, but we ain't gonna go there. We ain't gonna yeah, go man. Sorry, man. Whole team dot. My God. Um, but, um what, what I, I ain't gonna say I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go crazy, but the the opportunity for us to go three and zero is there. You know what I'm saying? Um, not the Warriors haven't been to war. They beat they beat the Lakers the other night, but mm-hmm. Steph had to come out of his shell, go crazy in order for that to happen. Um, the the Kings haven't really been playing well this year. Um, they probably would be motivated to play us, but at the end of the day. All three of these games are on the road, and we've been playing well on the road. So that's another reason why I'm a little bit happy about that. But when it comes to the Blazers, they are missing Nur- Nurkic, and they are missing CJ McCollum now. So uh, they're going to have to do everything. I mean, Melo's going to do his thing. I don't think Melo's going to go off too crazy. He might because it's New York. But uh, if we can put a little bit of 
uh, uh, mud under uh, my man <laughs> Damian Lillard's feet. I mean, Dave. Yeah, if we put a little bit of mud under Dame's feet, I think we'd be all right. I think we'd be able to get a, to pull a dub out of there and lead this weekend three and zero if we can. But um, hopefully, 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 we'll see. We'll see. Um, Tom Thibodeau looks like he's having fun making these guys real defenders, and I'm, I'm excited about that. But that's all I got. Thank y'all for joining the God of Knicks podcast with my boy Slizzy from the State of New York Knicks podcast. Till next my time. My God. Yes, sir. Salute, Peace. brother. Salute to everybody else. Mm-hmm. Always wear your mask. Wear your Take mask, your families. Man. Stay uh-huh. safe. Nick Nation. We probably go to the playoffs. I don't know. But if we do, <laughs> it's going to be a party in the streets. But, you yo, shout out to you, Apollo. I appreciate you, bro. All day, bro. From the, from the junk. You already know that, bro. All day, bro. All right.